everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 3, Episode 26. It's called The Best of Both Worlds. Uh, the Blu-ray says Part 1. I've got a sneaking suspicion that when this was written and aired originally, it was just Best of Both, best of both Worlds. And then when they started Season 4, they called the second, or the first episode of that Best of Both Worlds Part 2. So I think this is one that retroactively became a Part 1. Uh I, I have no idea. Um, uh, I say that because I know that when they wrote this episode, they had no idea how they were going to <laughs> like wrap it up <laughs> in the next episode. So, uh, uh, well, yeah, but that that still leaves you a safety net. We'll call it part one. We'll <laughs> worry about it after the break. We got we got months to worry about that one. Yes, but I'm just I'm going because IMDb just says best of both worlds and say part one. Uh, so I I stick a suspicion this is a. Uh, uh, almost like a Back to the Future thing where they added to be continued when the sequel was coming out. Uh, I feel like that might be a kind of a similar idea. But hey, this is this is like a super famous episode. This is one that we knew we were building up to. Uh, typically, when you talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, you've heard of a couple of episode titles, and it's Best of Both Worlds um, and All Good Things are the ones that you tend to hear about. And this was kind of notable because of that. It was, it was kind of like, you know, right away there's a, this expectation as soon as you start this episode, especially after that last one that was such a mediocre right and and sometimes that can work against a thing because okay we're coming into this we've been in our heads building up to this episode for most of this season we've kind of known oh oh we're in we're in this season now it's coming yep uh, and and will it live up to the the expectations of that yeah the the gist of the episode of course is that there's a federation outpost which you know, basically goes missing like all the people just vanish and they're investigating it and uh, they think it may be the Borg, and they confirm pretty quickly that it probably is. Uh, we get introduced to uh, Lieutenant Shelby, who is introduced by an admiral uh, to come and help, because she's been basically spearheading all of the p- potential countermeasures back home for when the Borg sort of come. And they, 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 they thought they had more time. They thought that, given how far away that first Borg encounter was, they thought, oh, we've got decades to, to prepare for this. But of course, they're already starting to appear on the outskirts of Federation space. So... That sets things up in a sort of nice mythology context, and then, of course, the Borg eventually do encounter them. As a, one of the main plots of this episode, of course, is Riker kind of clashing with this Lieutenant Shelby. Uh, we'll get into why as we go through the episode. Uh, but then, of course, the Borg do show up, and the Borg want Jean-Luc Picard. They don't really say why, they just say they want him, and it becomes a bit of a game of cat and mouse, and then building to probably one of the biggest TV cliffhangers of all time. Uh, even knowing this was going to be a cliffhanger, the actual moment itself, I wasn't expecting to be quite that much of a moment. <laughs> no, I get where you're coming from. It's a, it's a biggie, isn't it? Yeah. They, uh, they, def- they definitely wrote this one. Yeah, but we'll worry about it later. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, because to the point where, you know, it cuts to black and then it even comes up saying to be continued and the music goes, dun, 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 right? Which I feel like has became the cliche now, but this was probably the first thing to do it. <laughs> this was probably the first time. It, it, it was early days, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I suppose I'll ask the question, Carl, what did you think of the best of both worlds? Uh, it lived up to expectations. I mean, that's uh, pretty high praise already. I, I, I suppose you can't really add uh, much to that. I, yeah, it pretty much did for me as well. I, I would say that the only, like, if I have a negative to say, it's just that I don't necessarily think it's my favourite episode, which I guess in that sense it didn't live up to expectations because the expectation was it would be the best one so far. And I think I would put Q Who above this one. 
Which may be a taste um, thing, but... Maybe yeah. even the, the first Borg one had... Um, that was the first Borg. More, was that the first, was that yeah. the first Borg one? Yeah. Okay, so I'm mixing that with a different Q episode then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Q episodes, they all have Q in the damn title, and they, they blur together in my mind. Um, but yeah, no, I think that one had a bit more style from the get-go, uh, which we spoke about in that episode review a lot. Yeah, plus it was the introduction, so it was a lot of like cool mystique to the to the Borg, and there's, think, there's still some of that here. Don't get me wrong, but what I uh, what I really appreciate about this episode is is that obviously I knew the broad strokes. Okay, we're doing Borg, we're doing you know the, these moments with with Picard. Yeah, you know, we've seen these moments. They've been gift to to high hell. We we know these moments, um, but what I I wasn't really familiar with was a lot of the Riker plot uh, and his. Uh, his character, you know, what he's going through, his thing with Shelby. I didn't know about all that, so that was fresh. Um, so even, in, in many ways, more interesting. Even the uh, the Borg stuff, uh, as much as obviously we're expecting the Picard to become a Borg, uh, because that's kind of that's what this episode's famous for. That's the, the cliffhanger's famous for that. I didn't necessarily know any of the context of anything else. Like, I, I didn't know the episode was going to end with Riker making the choice to fire on the Borg ship and possibly kill Picard. Like, I did not know that was going to be the, the actual cliffhanger moment. Was Because, yeah, okay, we, we had just revealed at that moment, that just before then, really, that Picard was a Borg, and then it kind of re-addressed it in this final scene where he's on the screen and he's saying, no, I am Borg, we're coming for Earth, uh, blah, 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 and you know Riker making this choice is kind of like his big climactic moment of the episode so it actually has a lot of weight behind it beyond just Picard is now a Borg oh absolutely and and what I love about this obviously we know from you know future knowledge that, that Picard is around but in context of okay looking at this airing at the time as a TV show even okay a TV mm. show airing now end of season three you know I could see them killing off a captain and and throwing Riker, you know, giving well, him a promotion. That, that's the thing, this whole episode, uh, for Riker's perspective, is about him being ready to be a captain. So, if you're watching this live when it came out, then, and, you know, keep in mind at the time, it wasn't like the message boards and the internet were what they are today, you know, they were in its infancy at best, uh, used yeah. by a much, you know, much smaller group of people. So the idea that you know you aren't necessarily following the the news or maybe the insider stuff as much as we do today and kind of predict these things based on casting news and like you know negotiations and things like that. I have to imagine that back then maybe it is a feasible possibility that the entire point of this episode is to groom the idea of Riker taking the captaincy of of the Enterprise, to, you know, taking that role because right at the start of the episode. Uh, we're introduced to Shelby, and she's a bit of a go-getter, and, you know, the old Admiral's kind of, you know, saying how great she is to Picard, and, uh, like, it's going there, and there's a bit of, you know, nice ease with uh, Riker and this Admiral as well, where Riker invites him to the poker game. He's like, ah, oh, well, you know, I, I, we have to talk to things with your captain, but, you know, Shelby plays some poker, blah, blah, And right from there, he's like, hey, you know, like, she's really great, Picard, and she's he's really selling Picard on this woman, and picard's it's ultimately like wait why are you why are you pitching this woman to me so much it's like well you're gonna need someone to be your first officer and he's like wait what and it's like it turns out that riker not for the first time admittedly as, as they even acknowledge in this scene has been offered another captain seat he's been offered a ship and he says to picard that oh maybe you should you know give him a bit of a kick and say for you for the good of your career maybe it's time to move on and you know take take your role as captain and that that becomes kind of like half of what this plot is and i say half of it because 
The other half, of course, is the clashing with Shelby herself, where Shelby clearly wants his job. She wants to be the first officer on the Enterprise, and she's constantly second-guessing Riker. She's constantly trying to oppose what his orders are, and Riker's having to, as best he can, in a, in a very professional capacity, shoot her down and say, no, I gave you an order. This is why I gave you that order. Uh, yeah, and, she- and, and so much of this is him... You know, you know, Shelby is basically him, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of where he was as a character, as a person. And that, okay, now he's more like Jean-Luc than, than he was Shelby, right? Well, he's closer my, to that. My favorite actual story development in this entire episode is towards the end of the episode when Picard, so the beam, the Borg eventually be on board the ship and they take Picard. And, you know, obviously Worf and Riker tried to fight them off, but it was, you know, futile, <laughs> to use their word. And... He gets up and he's like, okay, right, I'm going to take an away team. And he's like, I'm going to take, you know, Crusher, I'm going to take Data and Worf. We're going to go and get, you know, Captain back. <clears throat> Pardon me. And Shelby tries to like, interfere with this and say, no, I'm better suited because I've been studying the Borg, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, it's Troy who comes in and says, and I love this, she gives Riker the speech that Riker basically gave Picard back in like, the episode one of this show, where she says, you're now acting captain, which means you can't go into the dangerous situations. Now you're the one who has to be protected. And you have to send other people on away missions. And Riker can't say a goddamn word because that's exactly what his argument's always been with Picard. And he has to accept that now he is acting captain. He has to stay on the bridge. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about this is is as much as, okay, we know Shaw Picard's back, it's fine. But in context of this episode, it does everything that it should to make you believe that, no, this is Riker's time. This is Riker's time to take over the captaincy. Shelby is going to be the, his new first officer. Like... It does everything it needs to to establish that dynamic. Yeah, and, uh, and, br- and plausibly and realistically as well, not just like random guest star. Yeah, and and, and uh, yeah, because it feels like she's been built up as a proper character, and she's constantly challenging a lot of the crew. She's you know, right, at one point she goes over Riker's head to talk to Picard directly, and Picard knows that this is going to piss off Riker, and Picard you know tries to treat it as gently as he can and make it clear that he's understood her, but like you know Riker's making the right call, blah blah blah. Uh, and when, and when Riker complains to Picard, he's like, eh, it kind of sounds like someone I hired wants to be my first officer. <laughs> like, you know, he, he really, like, makes the point clear. Uh, but on the larger scheme of things, though, because we know Picard's coming back just because you know, we're in the future and we, we know that he's around, uh, I remember like, my, my first thing is here because they're giving the Shelby so much time. I was like, she's getting assimilated by, at some point and he's, like, she, she's here to be killed off in a spectacular mm. way. And maybe maybe she won't because I was expecting it this episode. Maybe it'll happen in season four, episode one. I don't know, but uh... yeah, maybe. Do you, do you think there was ever any discussion amongst the at this point? You know, in time when they were writing this, they went, "Do do we do it? Do we go through with it? Do we? Is is, is this the end of the card? And and do we write Patrick Stewart out of the show and and kind of go forward from here?" I feel like. I have to imagine if there was, it didn't came from a creative perspective. It probably came from a, you know, maybe maybe Patrick Stewart was like redoing his contract or something, so they had to have a a way, <laughs> they had to have like an avenue to go down. Well, maybe, but yeah. I, like if it was me, I would like as as a creative, I would want to think about that at least, like take that possibility of, okay, we've had three seasons with Picard, then the show, do we want to shake it up? Uh, and I can see the creative reason for wanting to do that. I can see the creative reason. I don't think the studio would ever let them do it in a million years, though, because Patrick no, no, Stewart's your, your star. He's the draw for a lot of right. people. But, but do, you, do you think in the writers' room they were like, do you think we can even ask if we can if we're allowed to do this? Like, do you think they considered it? I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I feel like because it was going into like a between seasons portion where they didn't necessarily know, you know, if they were getting renewed. Because that, that's the thing. They, didn't, they did not have a renewal when they wrote this episode. This was, you know, classic mm. network TV shit, even though it was uh, syndicated, uh, straight this, to syndication. Same old, same old. Yeah. Uh, this was a, a cliffhanger without a guarantee of ever coming back. Well, just imagine if it got cancelled after this episode. <laughs> imagine the fury. <laughs> I, I think they were probably confident. You know, I think, uh, you know, TV, you know, when you're a showrunner or producer, you have those internal metrics. You know you've got the Star Trek brand going for you. You know where it is. You know, you know your ratings. You probably, you know, you, you're you hedging your bets, sure, well, usually, I, but you I, probably I have, know if you're safe or not. I have a bit of trivia here that Tara told me before I watched this episode, is that the writer who wrote this episode didn't think he was going to come back. He just wrote this episode and left, but then got rehired and had to like solve his own cliffhanger. <laughs> he, he he left thinking, oh, they can solve that on their own. I'm going to go. So, someone else's problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at least from that perspective, you know, like the person who wrote that cliffhanger d- d- didn't necessarily even think they'd be the one who tries to no, fix no, it. No, no. But what I mean is, is whoever, you know, was looking at the the, the you know the, the editing at the end you know the showrunner producer whoever it was could have said no we don't we don't want a cliffhanger for this we want an ending just in case if if they felt worried right they would have made that call sure sure yeah someone up the food chain would have maybe said that then again yeah. some more spectacularly dumb decisions have been made in tv so i wouldn't count on it uh, <laughs> i i am concerned about some producers in the in the industry to be yes honest, and just being tone deaf to their own success uh creator of uh chris carter the creator of x files is is the one that comes to mind oh, where he refuses he, to give an ending even when he's been given like five chances of coming back just, and it's always the last time it's always the last time you don't get any do, more do, do, you know, do you know the problem is he's been enabled too many times now there's, there's always where you you'll get what you find one more try and, and now he now he just doesn't believe that it's the last one he's <clears> like oh, screw it i'm just gonna keep doing it you're, you're gonna keep bringing me back eventually <sighs> you're gonna have modern skill in the wheelchairs at, at some point <laughs> with him writing them anyway uh so no i mean they had to get to the actual the plot obviously they, they eventually you know they cut out the bargain they, they, they come straight for picard before that there's a lot of talk about what we can do with the the uh the safety or the, the, the they don't have any weapons that can really do much damage to the borg they have to like keep changing the frequencies of their shields because the borg keep adapt adapting and we see that with the phasers as well is that once you've fired the phasers at them a couple of times they adapt and they can basically shield themselves from those phaser frequencies because uh, when they do beam across to try and save Picard, there's like four of them, and you get the impression that all four of them have different frequencies on their phasers. The idea being they can all get a couple of shot shots each before. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, the, you even have that uh, that scene of them setting it at different things, and mm. it tells you that that's what they're doing. And they're like, well, we get maybe one, two at most, three shots before they adapt, and so we, we can only take down a handful. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did, did, back in the first episode, because this is only the second episode with the Borg. Uh, did the save resistance is futile in the last one? I don't remember if they did, but because I felt like here when they take Picard over at first and he's saying that you know he'll resist to his last breath or something to that effect, uh, you know all the voices just say you know like resistance is futile, like your your your, yeah. your breath I, doesn't I, matter. I don't, I don't remember it either. Um, the problem is I know we were cracking jokes about it. I'm sure we were yeah. because again it's it's like their most their most famous line, right? Uh, so we just know it. Um. So they wouldn't have had to say it in that episode for us to just be thinking about it. Um, yeah, time. I'm sure we were cracking jokes just because of pop culture, but because uh, because when they said, that, I thought was that the first time they've said that? Because it was like a kind of a, it was kind of monumental that it came from Picard saying he was going to resist, only for them to turn around saying that resistance is futile. Yeah, uh, I kind of like that. Uh, but so that's the last time you see Picard, right? And then when we have the away team come over, 
and they're kind of you know snooping around and much like the first time we saw people on the on the board cube you know the birds don't even care you're just not a threat so they just ignore you until you start interfering and in this episode of course they eventually start interfering with things that make them uh start fighting back but for, for the longest time they don't even do anything and they find you know they're, they're tracing picard's like uh, transponder and they eventually find it and his, his outfits there just in a drawer on its own and it's like oh it's already happened and they do that thing when they're defending themselves with all the Borg, where you see him from the side, the profile shot, and then he turns and he's got the, the Borg And I love on. this shot, because he's got, like, the, the laser. Mm-hmm. And, he's, you know, he's dead facing the camera. The laser is in the camera. And it's it's uncomfortable like, in, 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 to watch in, in this. Because, obviously, you know, actors don't look at the camera. That's, like, you know, the thing. But to even have this light from, you know, it's, it's essentially his eye line flashing into your eyes because of it. Uh, it's really uncomfortable and effective. Yeah, uh, you know when they, when they beam back, uh, you know Worf's like, you know, you know, because Riker or whatever, did you find Picard? You know, like, did, did you find him? And uh, I can't remember what the setup line was, but you know, Worf just shouts out, you know, he is a Borg, you know, you know, he is one of them, uh, and that's when they come on the screen at the end and say, because yeah. they basically realize where they're going because the Enterprise is struggling to keep up with them because they're going at like faster than speeds than the Enterprise can keep up with for at least long durations because it's like, okay, we can only go this speed for so long before we have to slow down. Otherwise, we're going to do irreparable damage. We're going to blow up the engines. In fact, at one point, they have to evacuate the engine room and they, they mention kind of casually that they've, you know, they've lost like 11 people uh, down and the it was engine 11 area. people dead and eight injured or, and the, or eight unaccounted for me. I think it was eight missing, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you get these dire straits. Uh, but the big thing, though, is that this cube is on its way to Earth. And when, they, when they're actually, the first time they're talking to Picard when they bring him aboard the ship, they mention that they kind of want to use him as the face of their campaign, if you will, on Earth. Like, you know, Picard's going to be the, the one they put at the front talking so that they'll yeah. recognize someone and, you know, see a I, human I, I, being. Part of it as well is is we've already got the best of you. So mm. what, are, what are you bothering for? Uh, this This is... How it's gonna be and, and you know like they say resistance is futile if i was to make a guess i would say that shelby's going to somehow end up sacrificing herself to save picard next episode yeah it makes such a big deal this episode about her taking these extra risks mm-hmm. right uh, and not playing it safe um and I, I definitely feel like you know okay she's gonna take a risk one too far and it'll it'll you know maybe not go her way um but it'll pay off in terms of saving picard yeah, she. I mean, that's the thing. Is like all episode, it felt like she was being so contradictory to Riker, like trying to question everything, going above his head. Riker getting pissed about this, talking to Troy about it. Uh, all that stuff was really good. But once she actually went on the away team and she was trusted to be the leader of the away team, she didn't feel like she had that attitude anymore. It felt like no, she's in charge. She's actually operating like Riker would have back in like early season one. Yeah, and you know, it never felt like she was being defiant on the mission itself. Uh, when she was reporting back to the Enterprise, I never felt like she was going against Riker's orders or anything like that at that point. So No, it, it was really setting up a captain-first-officer dynamic relationship yeah. between the two of them all episode, with her challenging him when she could, when it was safe to do so. But what we've actually glossed over here, probably one of my favourite scenes with them two, actually, is after the scene where she goes above his head, Riker follows her out into the turbo lift. And yes. there's a scene in here where... He actually gets very threatening, not not in like a physical way or anything, just just in a sense where he says, "If you go above me again, if you go around me to Picard again, you know, I, I, well, I can't remember the exact word to use, but I will snap you back so far that you'll be you'll think you're a first you're a first year cadet again, you know, just down yeah. the food chain. Like you, your your military career, as it were, your Starfleet career will be set back years if you do this yeah, to me and, again. And it's, I think part 
pride a little bit. Uh, in, uh, he's proud of his role and he, you know, uh, um, what he is there. But part of it is this, you know, chain of command. He's like, no, no, no you got a problem? That's fine. You you want to talk to Picard? That's fine. You come through me. You do it in official capacities. I think that's something that we've always seen Riker respect, even even in his brasher days. Mm-hmm. Right? He always had that that chain of command. He never, uh, he never disobeyed Picard in a direct way. He would he would challenge him, yes. But he would never try and go around his orders uh, or anything like that. And I think that was you know, part of what this was supposed to be. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for one of the first lines she has when he goes into the turbo lift is she says, you never ordered me not to talk to Picard. <laughs> like, well, that is, like, that's very pedantic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, and he's like, you shouldn't have to. It's, yeah. it's implied or just in the job. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, a you know, he, he got quite harsh. But at the same time, I didn't blame him for it because she is trying him. She is doing everything yeah. she can. She's she's using every kind of little loophole, every little way she can kind of just bend the rules to to get around what he's telling her to do. Uh, so I, I really like that, and I I think it all builds up to that that you know like him taking this role as captain at the end of the episode, accepting that he can't go on the away mission, and you know it's actually Shelby who's saying, hey, we can stall for more time and try to you know take, take another attempt because Crusher even says if we can get Picard over here. I could probably, I might be able to change him back. I might be able to fix whatever they've done to him. But they're on this time here where any minute now, because, you know, Jordy's like keeping track of this. Jordy says any minute now, they're going to go back to warp 9.7 or whatever it is. And we're not going to be able to follow them. We've, 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 we've followed them at that speed too long. We can't do it anymore. And they've, they've been developing this uh, reflector, uh, you know, all episode, you know, between uh, Shelby and Jordy and whoever. And it's like, okay, this is our one chance to maybe use it. And if we can do enough damage now, maybe we can save Earth before they get to the rest of the fleet. Yada, yada, yada. And Riker has to make this tough call. He says, fire. And that is the cliffhanger. Uh, you know, he's looking right at Picard uh, as, as he says, fire. Yeah, uh, and I think, objectively speaking, he makes the right call. Yeah, no, right? I agree. In terms yeah. of, okay, no, uh, Picard, maybe there's a chance you can save him. You know, and, and that's, you know idealistic and that's what you want to do but when there is the fate of everything else at stake uh, uh picard uh, would make the same choice yeah here, that's what i was going to say sure. i think it's important that picard would agree with this choice picard would ulti- would definitely agree with this choice and we should mention picard because picard has a really interesting scene as well where because there's a bit in the middle of the episode that after the first time the borg like see them and they have like a sort of a fight where they're just caught in a tractor beam and they only just barely get out and this is when everything has to be evacuated in the engine rooms and all that they they basically skedaddle over to like a nebula, this you know uh, where they can hide, right? So they're hiding in this sort of this this uh, dust nebula. I think Picard mentioned at one point, and eventually they have to run out again because this, uh, the 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 Borg start dropping mines essentially to just sort of fish them out. But they're hiding, so there's a bit of a calm down for a little while. And during this, is a scene where Picard sort of goes on a, basically a tour of the ship, and he ends up in ten forward, and, and Gainan's in there. And they have this interesting conversation where he's, oh, it's a tradition for a captain to, to tour the ship before a big battle. And Guinan kind of corrects him and says, well, I thought the tradition was before a hopeless battle. And he says, oh, that's not entirely true. And he, you know, he, he gives a couple of examples of... He, he gives, no, one key example. And it's uh, yeah. Yeah, Napoleon at Trafalgar. Which... And, and it's it's like, well, sure, sure that the, the battle was won, but he he was lost. Yeah. The, the battle was Nelson, won, but it was this idea of a captain's sacrifice. And, you know, it's not so much that Picard definitely thinks he's going to lose here, but you know, this is after the point where the Borg have asked for him directly. And 
you know, Gaiman's clearly reading on him here that he he is willing to go down for the for the you know the survival of the of the, of the Federation certainly and certainly also of the ship uh, in a much more closer spectrum. You you get the feeling that if it came to it again, if if the offer was put to me, you know, surrender, um, you know, mm. maybe he would consider the, the personal surrender. Yeah, um, it's definitely weighing on him. Yeah, so I, I really like that scene. It was it was this because because so much of the episode is focused on Riker and Shelby. The Picard, it's, it's what's funny because I think going into this episode, I was expecting it to be very Picard centric because of what the, the big ending is going to be. Because I know that the, it was all about Picard being assimilated. So I expected a very Picard centered centric episode. So I was surprised when it was actually mostly this plot about Riker. And this was the one scene in the middle where it kind of, I felt the weight of Picard's side of it. It was like, okay, we didn't need to do a whole plot about Picard and about his sacrifice. It was. We, we understand Picard yeah. well enough. But that one scene did go a long way. Uh, and like you say, the Riker stuff was was kind of surprising because I just didn't expect it. It was there was kind of the element of the episode which isn't talked about in pop culture. It's just it's you know it's there I, if you've seen it. I, but I get why it's not talked about. As good as it is, it's uh, it's easy to talk about the the Borg you know, and the the, you know, the the big shocking moment with Picard, right? As opposed to oh look at the the character drama that's there as well, which arguably is more interesting and, and has more weight to it. But it's it's less pop culturey to talk about. Yeah, so yeah, the Borg are on their way to you know Terran Earth, as 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 uh, Worf calls it, which is Earth. Yeah. Sector and, one. Yeah, and sector two eight one four, I think you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit uh, Green Lantern humor there for you if you're not familiar with DC Comics. I'll just explain that joke. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, they're on their way to Earth, and uh, you know we end with Riker saying fire. So I mean, will their weapon even work? Who's to say? I mean, obviously, if you've seen the next episode, you'll know, but <laughs> we don't know, so no, we'll find we, out. We don't, there is a, a genuine level of surprise and unknown elements, even though, even though we know the broad strokes, like going into this episode, we know some of the beats. Well, to, to be fair, the only beat I now know is that somehow Picard is fixed. That's the only beat I no, know now. No, it's true. Uh, it's true. And, but this is what I mean, like even going into these famous episodes where we know broad stroke elements, um, there, there is so much we don't know that it is exciting still right it's not like this has all been spoiled for us over the years yeah uh say this is a very minimal moment in the in the episode but i did enjoy wesley crusher being terrible at cards he's playing oh, poker he's so shit at poker and it's so satisfying yeah i i don't even know i don't even really know the rules of poker that well but i do know that when Riker puts down a card that's just a two <laughs> and you know wesley had a couple of jacks i'm like yeah <laughs> that was definitely a that was a good bluff on Riker's part i'll say that <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get the impression it, it's it's easy to uh, intimidate Wesley into into mm-hmm. into just folding, which is uh, something he's going to need to work on at, at the academy if he wants to grow into any sort of captaincy material. That is true. That is true. Well, that's the other thing is that uh, Raker even has some you know he questions what, what he does want now because he always wanted to be a captain and he has that scene with Troy where you know he even says you know I kind of gave up our romance because in pursuit of being a captain I gave it up or relationship for a career it's, it's almost just ironic that they ended up on the ship together you know in season one that was yeah. kind of like a, oh shit we ended up in the same place you know um and it's interesting him saying well but every time i'm offered one now i, I don't take it like i love being in the enterprise I, we, we've heard about him being offered one before this right because obviously yeah. they mentioned that this is his third one that he's turned down we, I, we, I i remember at least once yeah this. it's happened at least once but he's, he's been offered a offered a ship and for whatever yeah. reason uh, turned it down so uh yeah he just loves being on the enterprise i guess and uh may, maybe 
you know, maybe if Picard's in like sort of weaker state after this Borg transformation, you know, he's he's back to being Picard, but he's like, you know, get PTSD or something. Maybe you think he maybe he's acting captain for a few months or something. No, I was just gonna say he's, he he feels more of a reason to be there for him. It, he needs Riker as his first officer. He needs to be there to like help Picard back on his feet, kind of thing. Not so much that he has to be actively the captain, but but he's he's yeah. just there to for cut on the the familiarity. Yeah. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. You have yeah. fam, fam, familial, familial necessity. Close enough. Fa, fa, yeah, you know familial? what I'm trying to say. Familial. There you go. <laughs> you do not like that word, do you? You know, you know what I'm trying to say. There's too many L's. I don't do well with words with too many separate L's. <laughs> when the L's are together, it's fine. But once you throw the word parallelogram at me, I'm starting to struggle a little bit. Uh, that is a tongue twister, that one. I'm going to do that. <laughs> R's and L's. When you put R's and L's together, a lot of them, it's, it's a messy messy time for me. But uh, that is uh, that is the best of both worlds, part one. Uh, uh, obviously very good. It's definitely one of the best episodes of the season. In fact, before we get to part two of this, because this is worth mentioning, uh, we always do our top five episodes of the season. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because this is the first time we've had to break up like a pairing like this um where it, it's it's almost like no i don't want to do it. i want to go straight to the next one but i'm like nope calm down no, we've no. got to do the, the thing that, yeah. and i know that we do our top five and our, our bottom three and we'll we'll see how we feel about the season as a whole and there's obviously some candidates that we're expecting but that'll be next uh and then we'll obviously be starting season four after that uh we are more or less back on to one per week although i think we actually snuck this one in as an extra this weekend so we may actually you may actually have two with this one being the second one this week and then yeah back it's to gonna, gonna be a little bit hit on miss for the next few weeks with various other shows yeah we're always going to make on. sure there's one at least out every week uh we're, we're on two a week for a while there's a few more things on right now to slow us down but uh, i think we actually snuck out this, this this probably will be the second one this week and then yeah so we'll try and keep them coming as consistently as we can uh but always at least one per week is the is the plan so uh that is uh best of both worlds let us know what you think of this one in the comments below you can like and subscribe like is very important on youtube it lets the youtube algorithm know that we're worth recommending out to people so please do that you can also support us via patreon.com slash tv for as little as one dollar per month and you get some bonus content and you keep all the all, all the content coming from us as uh, so, you know if you want to feel warm and fuzzy in your your not assimilated heart and i'm being distracted because Connor keeps hiccuping yeah subscribe to the patreon and, and, and maybe we can find a way to cure this <laughs> cure current chronic hiccups yeah, that, that, that. yeah. uh a try so thank you very much once again for watching or listening i guess on twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates but otherwise that is us so thank you once again keep watching tv keep watching star trek and remember when it comes to the ladies wesley crusher is in complete control